Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barrel Chat Podcast. This is a podcast that provides an unfiltered look into the craft beer industry from the untrained palates of two dumbass outsiders. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Muncie, and joined always by Mr. Dustin Wood. How are you doing? Oh, doing pretty good today. Doing pretty good. Uh, excited to be the next dumbass in line. Exactly. And today on this episode, we are going to be talking about a beer from outside of Indiana. This is the Odd Side Ales Double Oaked Rye Hipster Brunch Stout. Uh, now, fair warning. This is yet again another Imperial Stout. We did not plan to do this. To be completely honest, we don't plan any of the beers. It's literally just, what do we find during the week? And then we record a couple episodes every Sunday. It just so happened that three out of the first six episodes have been Imperial Stouts. We're also in the wintertime, which is when these are typically sold. And this one in particular, Dustin had found and tried it, and he said it was great. And it sounded really good, and I really wanted to try it myself. And when you're making a podcast, the first thing you think of is, if we're going to sit down and drink, we might as well do a podcast about it. So we're going to do that. And I don't want to sit on a bunch of episodes or anything like that. So we're just going to talk about it. So we do apologize a little bit about that because you're kind of getting back-to-back episodes with it. But I also think it's a good way to look at, you know, kind of where we're where we're putting them on the tier list and stuff like that. Cause as I had mentioned before, I've been out of the game for a while. So getting just going right back into the deep end, I think has been pretty good. So Dustin, tell us a little bit about, uh, about the beer and then also, uh, where you found it. As Matt said, this is odd side ales, double Oak rye hipster brunch stout. It is 11% ABV. It's their gold medal winning imperial stout with maple syrup, coffee, and bacon aged in rye whiskey barrels and then aged again on medium toasted oak spirals. They, they describe it as luscious, smoky maple, and rich roasted chocolate. Jesus, rich roasted chocolate, coffee flavors with a great way, the hint of the vanilla at the very, very end, and a giant oak finish. So I picked this beer up at uh, North Mass Boulder, and that's a bouldering gym here in Indianapolis. And they have what they call Top Out Cafe. It's at the top floor of the bouldering gym. They bring in 15 or 20 different craft beers on rotation. This was one that they happen to have on tap. Generally, they're a sour and IPA bar. But I saw this and I was like, huh, man, I'm not feeling a sour or an IPA. So let's uh, rock this uh, rye hipster brunch. And took one drink and went, well, damn, this is really, really good. And decided to take a picture of it and say, hey, Matt, check out this uh, beer with bacon in it. And then he said, how much would it be to get a growler? And, well, here we are. (laughs) I I don't want to spoil the show. So (laughs) keep my comments to myself here. Outside Ales, I did look up. They are out of Michigan. And I probably should have looked at the city. Yeah, most people know of Odd Sides for. Yep, most people know of them for some of their uh, like crazy flavored. I think they're like milkshake IPAs, and then they also make uh, a lot of seltzers now, I believe. But I do know that Odd Sides is a very bold brewery. So they they remind me a lot of like Deviate and a few of the other ones that just do things that are kind of off the wall, kind of big, kind of bold, kind of unique. 
Uh, so their flavor profiles are going to be bigger, brighter, kind of bolder overall. And I'm excited to talk about this one. It's still fantastic. So looking forward to it. So this is what? Three beers from Michigan and three from Indiana? No, because we had Westbrook. So two from Indiana. Might as well just be a friggin' Michigan podcast at this point. <laughs> I always get Oddside Ales confused with the one brewery from New York. Other half? Other half. Every time. Way different beer styles. Yes. <laughs> but for some reason, I just always assume Odd Ales is from New York. So let's jump into the BJCP style guidelines here. Starting with the history, your first time listener. We're going to talk a little bit about the Imperial Stout style. This is a term that simply refers to a big beer, both in terms of flavor and alcohol. The term is used interchangeably with double and strong to refer to any style of beer brewed with an extra dose of grains and hops to produce a higher ABV. This is kind of the cool part that we didn't know until uh, until a few episodes ago. A style with a long, although not necessarily continuous, heritage, it does trace its roots back to uh, strong English porters, which were brewed for export in 1700s. So, you know, back when they were still taking ships across to uh, America and the Indies and stuff like that. And they had to make sure that the beer lasted the entire way. But apparently it became very popular with the Russian Imperial Court of Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia. Hence, Russian Imperial Stout. So that's kind of just a fun fact that we have here. Moving on to the overall impression. Now this is from the BJCP style guidelines, and this is just kind of like, you know, they take appearance, aroma, flavor, and mouthfeel and kind of dump it all into one quick little paragraph of what you should expect. An intensely flavored big dark ale with a wide range of flavor balances and regional interpretations. Roasty burnt malt with deep dark or dried fruit flavors and a warming bittersweet finish. Despite the intense flavors, the components need to meld together to create a complex, harmonious beer, not a hot mess. Nailed it first try. <laughs> Got it. No flute flavors today. So as you said last time, you're going to save your comments for when we jump into the, the actual, actual thing. So <laughs> let's just uh, let's jump right into appearance. So you, you kind of have an idea of what to expect out of this beer or what we should be expecting. That's kind of why we go over the BJCP guidelines is we want to know what to expect. It's never going to match 100%, especially with beers like this, because there's adjuncts, lots of adjuncts, and so that's going to just create a completely different profile than what you may be going for if you're trying to get medals and stuff. Yeah, traditional styles. Now, this one is a gold medal. So Now, I I wonder if that's the gold medal for the base beer, because it wasn't very specific in the notes. Um uh, I was gonna say on Untapped it claims it's a. Oh. It said gold, gold didn't? Yeah, gold winner. I wrote that right. Yeah, yep. our gold medal winning imperial stout. Oh, ah, yes. I bet it is the regular stout. I read that wrong. Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> yes. So uh, you are right. But yeah, uh, re- really, it, this is going to sort of be exactly like some of the other ones we've done. It's not going to really fit the guidelines, but it's a good understanding of what we. What colors it should be, you know, how the head should retain, what sort of notes you should be able to get. 
so let you know hop in color uh, i'm guessing it's supposed to be black um but it could be a few different shades of black uh it is very dark like really really dark and it's got a little light tan head uh when i make it have a head again you are right color may range from very dark reddish brown to jet black opaque deep tan to dark brown head Generally has a well-formed head, although head retention may be low to moderate. High alcohol and viscosity may be visible in legs when beer is swirled in a glass. So I guess we can start with, with you know, the pour and the head. Normal pour. This is out of a howler, so a 32-ounce growler. And obviously, when you put them in there for a few days, you're probably going to lose a little bit of the carbonation, so that can affect some things. That's the one kind of thing that does suck about drinking out of a howler for these shows is um, it's going to sit for a few days. But on the original pour, it had a nice thick head. It retained it for a little while. And now that head did come in late though. That was kind of the interesting thing. I I don't think we've had a beer yet that did that. Where it basically came after the pour. Yeah. Like there was no head and we're like, okay. And then all of a sudden it all started bubbling up and, and forming the nice, uh, the nice brown head on there. So, it, I mean, it was what you want to see, and especially what you want to see out of a growl, a growler. Um, I don't trust glass growlers. I just happened to be gr- without my actual good growlers while I was there. So I bought a top out growler to bring it home in, and it just went from top outs bar to my refrigerator out in the garage. You know, something I haven't really noticed. High alcohol may be visible in legs. What does that mean? I don't know. We've said this now for the third time, and it just dawned on me. High alcohol may be visible in legs. What in... So I wonder if it's like the clear liquid that gets there, and it's just the remnants of alcohol? Now I gotta know. Because this is 11%, I believe. Now, Now I gotta know. So I'm... May need to send an email out to to Ron, see if he can tell us what does that actually mean. I would like to know. But all in all, looks like a stout. It's dark. Yeah, not big, much more to say about how it looks. Uh, the The head retains as good as you would want a head to retain with all these adjuncts in it. I definitely don't feel like it's jet black like no. the other ones we've had. It's a little bit more brownish, reddish brown, especially in the light. Yeah, if you get a light on it, it does have like that nice copper hue to the to the brown. 100%. Now down to aroma. Rich and complex with variable amounts of roasted grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hops, and alcohol. The roasted malt character can take on coffee, dark chocolate, or slightly burnt tones and can be light to moderately strong. The malt aroma can be subtle to rich and barley wine-like. So now let's remember here, this is an Imperial Stout, but it's also got maple syrup, coffee, bacon, and then it was aged in rye whiskey barrels, so you're going to get a little bit of spice from the rye whiskey, and then aged again on medium toasted oak spirals. So they're supposed to be, so you should get a little bit of smokiness. They, They say smoky maple roasted chocolate coffee flavors. Smooth vanilla and giant oak finish. Okay, so I don't know that I know what oak smells like. 
Not gonna lie. I feel like I should because I I do a lot of barbecue, but I don't use oak. But as far as nose that I get out of here, I think the most like prevalent smell is the rye. I get a lot of like spice, and then there's yep. some chocolate, maybe. Some sweetness and some rye is kind of the nose. You definitely get the maple. You definitely get the rye. I feel like a little bit of bacon. I don't know if that's a placebo of like, hey, there's bacon in here, and then you and then you smell it. No, I, but I, I feel think it's like there. I feel like you do get it mixed in there. It's definitely sweet. Like you can tell there's sweetness to this beer, which I like. It's like you tell me there's maple syrup in here. I kind of want to smell that maple syrup. Yeah, it smells like a fresh, uh, like if you were in the morning, if you were to eat pancakes, drink coffee, and have like some strange vat of rye sitting next to you, it would basically be the smell of this beer. I don't really get coffee. I do get chocolate, which I think you're going to get in basically every stout, because I think the grains are what give it the chocolatey smell. So I do get, I do get that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the oak, and there's definitely nothing smoky about the about the aroma, not what you would imagine, at least. No, but I do, when I swirl the glass a little and kind of open it up, I do get a lot more maybe alcohol smell, or it could be what the oak is. It could be the barrel. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the barrel should, should really smell like, but it does get more effervescent of alcohol flavor or like smell when you do swirl it, and I like that. All right, let's move on down to flavor. Rich, deep, complex, and frequently quite intense, with variable amounts of roasted malt and grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hop bitterness and flavor, and alcohol. Moderate to aggressively high roasted malt grain flavors can suggest bittersweet or unsweetened chocolate, cocoa, or other or strong coffee. The palate and finish can vary from relatively dry to moderately sweet, usually with some lingering roastiness. Hot bitterness and warm character. The balance and intensity of flavors can be affected by aging, with some flavors becoming more subdued over time and some aged vinous or port-like qualities developing. I forgot I should figure out how to pronounce that word. Maybe maybe for next week when we do another one. Maybe you should just pronounce it as wine-like characteristics. I, I think it's vinous, but... So rich, deep, complex, and frequently quite intense... It is an intense beer because there's so many different adjuncts in there. There's so many flavors that it is a bit complex in that area. But it's so smooth. Yeah, they all blend together very well. So nothing really takes this beer over in a bad way. Like sometimes you can get all these adjuncts and one really takes it over. One, you know, coffee is really bad at that. Uh, coffee is a smell that takes over a lot. Coffee is a flavor that takes over a lot. And then you can get into some of these like barrels that really just turn the beer into a whiskey. And while that's unique in its own right, it's not fun to drink. Uh, it's not quite as interesting as like this beer is really sweet. And then really towards the end, it lingers with some of the like roasted malts and just the flavor profile of a regular stout at the end. So it doesn't finish sweet. It doesn't leave a cloying sweet taste on your tongue. So it doesn't feel like some of those that you can scrape off your teeth. 
although it is insanely sweet, but it doesn't finish like that. So it does have a little bit more on the back end that's like dry and like almost like the bitter chocolate, but it's not bitter. So like baker's chocolate. I agree with that. Yep. I would definitely agree with that. The high, moderately to aggressively high roasted malt grain flavors. I guess that makes sense because it says bittersweet or unsweetened chocolate. So I would I would definitely say that, that you get that like you just mentioned. I don't really get any coffee out yeah. of this one. I, I don't know if maybe the maple syrup overtook the coffee because there's definitely maple syrup in the flavor. Yes. Um, and there's some rye, which I really, really like. Um, I don't know that I get a whole lot of the like oak. I don't know what that would taste like either because I don't eat oak often. See, and that's the problem is like when I think of aging something on oak, it's like you got like it toasted oak, so would maybe be some kind of smokiness, but I don't get really any smokiness to this at all. That's what I think of when I think of toasted oak is that is similar to smoking meat or something, not necessarily like what you would imagine is being imparted into whiskey. Well, yeah. I guess even if even imparted into whiskey, because whiskey is just taking that that oak, that toasted oak, and getting some of the smokiness and pulling some of that out of it. But I think there's a lot going on here that that oak is probably lost. Yeah, and, it, and you know this, I have no idea when this keg was kegged to begin with. I also have no idea how long the keg was on tap. I don't like at the bar. Probably not very long because they turn kegs pretty quickly there. Um, I know they take care of their lines there, so I know the quality of service is fantastic. I see the guy cleaning the lines at least once a week, if not multiple times. I know I treated the growler appropriately, so maybe it just is different kegged than bottles or however that may be. There's something, there is something on the back end of this because it does say a giant oak finish and there is a little bit of earthiness towards like after you like let it set, like if you sit, don't take in another drink. There is something. Yeah, you're right. That's a little earthy. And, it's interesting, and that might be what that oak is. Yeah, it's got like it's a, not like green earth. It's not like it's got an astringency to, on my tongue almost. Yes. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Huh. It's in, it's it's definitely a unique finish to a beer um we can break it down later as far as overall feels as for what we think of it but as far as the flavors that you should get i think most of them are there but again it's got so many adjuncts that it's hard to really tell you that it fits the bjcp guidelines but it does fit what i would want and i would buy a bottle of it yeah, like, I think the bigger thing a lot of times is, does it fit with what they even tell you it is? Yeah. And and you're going to hear us harp on that a lot, because we, when you get into the specialty beer world, it's constantly full of big hitters, and they got 17 adjuncts in them, and then you can't taste any of it. Because as you mentioned earlier, sometimes one of them just overtakes the entire thing, and it just ruins the entire beer. Or, as you will hear us say a lot of times too, the base beer sucks, so it's like, cool, here's your base beer, your terrible base beer, and you added vanilla to it. Well, now it just tastes like terrible vanilla like base vanilla beer. Syrup. Like, cool. Yeah, it's not good. You do get the maple syrup, so so there's number one. Coffee, I don't feel like I get much coffee. I, I don't either, and it it's probably just masked at this point. 
And I don't know if maybe warmer it would have more coffee later, uh, but I don't at the moment. You're right. Bacon? I mean, I don't know how much bacon you're going to pull out of a beer to begin with unless you literally just make like bacon face. But I think there's something in it that reminds me of bacon. I feel that same way too. There is something like about seven seconds into that drink. Once you've kind of swallowed the drink about seven seconds later, there is like this, it, it, it reminds me a lot of the rye, but it's, it's a bit, uh, no pun intended. It's a bit meatier than that. <laughs> and and that's what's kind of like, maybe there's a little bit of bacon, but like, you're not, you're not getting, I'd like to know how they put bacon in a beer, like outside, like obviously they could just pour a bottle of bacon, bacon puree or whatever it's called in that world. But, like, if you made a beer with actual bacon, you obviously have to cook it first. But then what, A, how much of that do you have to cook to get any sort of flavor? And what sort of flavor is it supposed to bring over? Yeah, is it supposed to bring over the, like, fat flavor? Where, like, the the oils and grease? I've had some ham beers before. Like, not hams, but, like, ham-flavored beers. And they're fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah, because it it literally tastes like a smoked ham, and yes. that's not cool. Like, well, I would like... So, to me, that sounds great, but I've yet to have one that was like, man, that's actually good. Like, it's usually way too smoky, and it just makes no sense. But, yeah. So, I'm kind of... I am kind of curious. Maybe, maybe we're finding some of the things to put on Instagram. Ask a brewer day. How much bacon... How much bacon goes into an actual bacon beer if you're making one? And do you or a eat home it? brewer? Like, how would a home brewer make that? Because you know that's smaller scale at least. So, like, if you were doing a homebrew recipe of a bacon beer, man, this makes me want to do homebrewing again. But do just singular adjunct things, like just bacon one time, or just you know, and just kind of see what what you get. A bacon pilsner. A bacon pilsner. <laughs> Put it on tap. Ryan, right now. <laughs> Looking at you, Ryan. Italian a bacon, bacon pilsner. pilsner. It could be the, or he could do the one, what's the super, like, expensive Italian ham? Uh, oh, I'm never going to remember what it's called. Haberico or something like that. Got me. It's from, like, the first episode. There, It's in the first episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. When when they're tracking down the guy who killed the dude, and it's, it. I think it's Haberico or Hiberico or something like that. It's like a $2,000... <laughs> Like ham, like let's make that golden pilsner, <laughs> a honey baked ham pilsner. There we go. Yeah, the gold is the ham. So last thing here is mouthfeel, full to very full bodied and chewy with a velvety, luscious texture. Although the body may decline with long conditioning, gentle, smooth warmth from alcohol should be present and noticeable, but not a primary characteristic. In well-conditioned versions, the alcohol can be deceptive. Should not be syrupy or under-attenuated. Carbonation may be low to moderate, depending on age and conditioning. I think it's thin. And I you don't mean... You find it thin? Well, Ooh, maybe. Buddy. I feel like it's... Maybe I'm, maybe I'm so used to... the. I feel like they're, it's thinner than the last two. Maybe not. Maybe it's just smoother than the last two. That's why I feel like we should probably start keeping notebooks of what we, like, actually write down our thoughts or maybe go back and listen to the episode and write down our thoughts. 
Because I was thinking about this with the tier list. Like, once we get to like 50 beers, how the fuck are we going to remember what we thought about beer number one sometimes? You know, especially the like house beers are one thing because you can drink those all day long, but specialty beers you may only get once in your life. Yep. How are you going to remember that? So I almost feel like this is, it's not. It's not thin. It's not. It's not full bodied. It's like right. It's it's like seventy five percent full bodied to me. Like I, it feel like when you when you kind of swish it around, it does have that luscious texture, that velvety yep. that I don't think the other two had. Yep. Like that's what this one kind of. It does have a little. It's almost like a maple. It's not syrupy, but almost like a maple syrup. Because well, I guess most maple syrup isn't. I don't know. Is it's that, not syrupy. It's thinner than your yeah. traditional syrup. Yeah, it's not like pancake syrup. It's but it's not that thin. So no. it's like you put that in with something a little bit thicker, and yeah, that's what you get here. I think maybe the beer oh, makes no sense. just finishes so smooth that I expect it to finish like harshly. So maybe that is playing with how I like. I expect the beer to finish with a bigger bite and I don't think that it does. So it's oh, insanely yeah. smooth. There's like no, there's no like whiskey bite to this. There's no rye spice bite to this. I mean, there's rye in it. Yeah. But you can taste you the rye, but it's not like that at the back end. It doesn't burn on the no, back end. Not like you would get from a rye whiskey, but no, I, I mean, I, I, maybe it isn't thick. Maybe it isn't thin. Maybe it's just right. I feel velvety is like the best word to use for this one. It is really velvety and like luscious when you do like if you listened to the podcast with us when we had Ant on the show, um, he would take a drink and go with it, uh, with his tongue to kind of like uh aerate the beer and that makes it super like it's weird. It's like a a cloud. It's just it's nice and thick and smooth. It can't be creamy because you're not allowed to be creamy, but velvety for sure. Yeah, I would definitely go with velvety on this one. It's a good velvet thunder. The uh, gentle, smooth warmth from alcohol, that's definitely there. Yep. That's 100% there, but it's not a bad, it's not a bad warmth. Now, like, this, this is not This beer's scary. Mess. Yeah. You're not wrong, because what did you say? It was 11? 11, yeah, 11%. Yeah. And, and because it's not super thick, it doesn't, it's not super heavy, so you, you're not feeling it, like... I mean, these are what, 10-ounce glasses, 12-ounce glasses? 12, probably. So you figure we've got about 8 to 10 ounces, and, like, it doesn't, it's not weighing on you as you drink it, as yeah. you would get from, like, some of these bigger beers. Honestly, Cecil was, like, weighing more Yes, as far as how my stomach felt afterwards than this is, which is strange because this is a bigger beer. It's got way more going on. But I think it's just done really, really well. Well... Let's uh let's put it on the tier list. So pull this back up here. Just uh do a quick rundown. I don't know how what kind of rundown we're gonna do when we get to uh when we get you know way more beers. Forty six uh, beers. But as of right now, uh we have three on here. Uh coming in at number twelve on the A tier is Westbrook's Mexican Cake twenty twenty two, which is episode five. Transient Artisan Ale Juni Swirl 2022, which is episode three. Three. 
three. And then uh, all the way, and that was A tier, and then all the way down in the D tier at number 45 is Transient Artisan Ale Ardent, which was our farmhouse saison. Uh, so if you, again, are a first-time listener, we have a tier list. This is uh, S through D, so think of it as a, as a grades in school, A through F, but this is a Japanese style, and they start at S and go to D instead. So S is best of the best. World and then class. it just kind of goes down from there. So uh, uh, Transient Artisan Ale Ardent was episode number two, and we put it in D, which probably tells you what we think of it. Uh, <laughs> I would still listen to that episode, especially if you've drank it. Uh, would love to know if we are just wrong, had a bad bottle, <laughs> what the hell was up with that beer, um, or if we are right, and that is a justified rating. So right now we have the last two Imperial Stouts have both been A tier, 12 and 18. And I remember there was a pretty pretty decent uh, conversation about where to put Westbrook when it came to that last one. Where are we going? I, it's sad as it sounds. I think it's at least an A tier beer. Um, if it had more, if I could pull some of the smoke out of it, I would put it into S tier. But I don't know that it's quite there. I do really enjoy it. I think I might actually want I enjoy it more than Juni Swirl. Because it's more drinkable. It doesn't taste as syrupy. Like I feel like Juni Swirl had this weird flavor that was coming out at the end. And wasn't really living up to being a super high A. Which is why it's towards the bottom of A, right? It's like 18. Yep. I guess we should clarify. clarify there are uh, typically in these, you just put however many you want in each tier. It doesn't matter. We decided to go 10 in each tier to basically create a top 50 list. So... Uh, as we get into like year 18 of this show, uh, some of these will start to drop out. I don't know if I like it more than Westbrook's or not. I think I like some of the flavor profile more. And I would definitely drink more of it because it's a little lighter as far as how it feels on my body. I'm thinking somewhere between 11 is the first in A. Yes. So like 11 to 15 somewhere. Okay, so top half. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right in it being better than Juni. I don't think I like it more than, than the Mexican cake. I think my my only real issue with it, and this didn't come up because I don't really, sometimes I don't really start thinking about it until we get here as to like, what are the actual negatives of it? Uh, if there's nothing that's super noticeable while we're going through the the BJCP th- kind of things, it's almost a little too sweet. Like the more, it, and I think this also comes with we're sitting here continually drinking this throughout the show, and sometimes you don't realize something until the very end. I just feel like it's too sweet for me, and that is going to be a very subjective flavor profile for everyone. It, it's gotten sweeter as it's warmed. That, okay, so I'm not crazy there. Because so, that's also one of the small problems that we run into doing the Imperial Stouts is as they warm up, different things come out. But as they warm up, we're getting towards the end of the show. So it may be like, well, now there's a negative there that we didn't have 10, 20 minutes ago. 
But I do feel like there is way more sweetness now by the, you know, we're 30 minutes into the show. Yeah. There's a lot more sweetness than what was there. And so it it is starting to become like a every drink is a little bit too much at this point. Um I don't know. I I do I would have to say 15 cuz I think it's just right in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I and like I say at the beginning of the show 11, but as it's sort of developed, it is bringing out some cloyingly sweet characters because the barrel's not there. It is it is damn good though. Yeah. Man, that is That's the problem I have is like every drink tastes like the first sip. Like, so this is what I kind of held back uh, from the very beginning of this. While you were talking about the beer, I decided to taste the beer. This was my first time tasting this beer. I don't know anything that you said during that entire time because I immediately texted my wife, oh my God, this beer is amazing. (laughs) And it really is. It still tastes like that when we got here. Yep. But it's... But it's too sweet. That's fair. I mean... It's it's just a... It's a tad too sweet for me. And it's almost like the vanilla. It's almost like that vanilla is coming out more. So I don't know if maybe I'm just having... Because this... Didn't we have this problem? Not problem. But didn't we have this with Juni Swirl? Yep. Like all of a sudden the vanilla was coming out at the very end. The, like, warmer, the warmer it gets, the sweeter vanilla does get. Um, at least from my experience drinking some of these crazy stouts and stuff with them. And it's and it may just be that's the flavor that takes over as it warms up because there we've we've released a lot of the carbonation we've you know we've swirled it a lot we've held it a lot so it's warmer of course but any beer that you're gonna drink like I feel like if it has vanilla like extract or vanilla beans in it that's gonna come out when it's really warm is it bad no is it too sweet right now like. Yes, but overall, man, I think the beer is fantastic. I've enjoyed learning more about the style. I've enjoyed drinking it again, and I would drink it again. Yeah, 15 feels right. I keep wanting to change it. I keep wanting to go 13 or 14. 15 seems like a cop-out, but every time I take a drink, I'm still amazed, but still like, there's that, there's that sweetness there. That's just, it's holding me back. It is holding me back. 15's a damn good rating, man. It's still good. It is. Yeah. And it's going to be there for quite a while. <laughs> At least 20 more episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, overall, man, if if you guys get out to Oddside, you see some Oddside beers, they're more popular beers. I believe one of them is called Bean Flicker. Uh, that's one of their, like... Uh, I think I've had that beer. I think it's, I think it's a... I think it's a coffee, like, Blonde, um, but they also have a Mayan Mexican stout, I believe is what it is. Um, the Mayan mocha? Yeah, Mayan I, mocha. I've had that beer. Yeah, it is super fucking spicy. Yep, so the Mayan mocha yeah, stout is beer. one of them. <laughs> that beer is good, but fuck that beer, because that beer is so incredibly spicy. On their website, they have a beer called Praline, and it's an imperial porter with natural hazelnut flavors. That sounds fun. Uh, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to my buddy Chad because I know he actually listens to the show, which will be funny. He probably won't listen to this one, <laughs> but he li- he said he listened to the first three. Uh, his 
girlfriend's dad does like liquidation sales or something like that. And I guess did a liquidation of like a liquor store. And so he lives in Michigan. So this dude comes down with a, he has a Prius. The entire back of this Prius is loaded with beer from Michigan. (laughs) And he, so we meet up and he's like, just take whatever you want. I had a bunch, there was a bunch of odd side. There was like M43 and boss tweed. And like, I'm the beer guy in, in this little friend group. It's a, it's a fraternity friend group. I'm the beer guy, obviously. And mm-hmm. I'm like telling everybody, you drink this, you drink. Cause he like, he came down, I think it was 4th of July. So we all went to a 4th of July party and I'm telling everyone, this is what you drink out of all these. Like this, I know is going to be good. And M43 and boss tweed. Everyone's like, bro, this is, this is legit. I'm like, these are the truth. That was one of those where I'm like, man, I miss doing this podcast. I miss because I'm still that guy, but I kind of miss being that guy of like the one to be able to tell people like that's damn good beer. I remember I told Chad's getting all the love tonight. I told him he was at some like beer exchange thing. And I was like, I was like, just drink. Uh, is it exploration stout? I was like, just drink that. It's like five bucks. Just drink that all night. And then he was like. Wait, you didn't tell me it was like 11%. It's on the board. <laughs> it's there. It's <laughs> visible. I'm just telling you to drink it because it's so cheap. Like, you're going to be good to go. Expedition style is fantastic. Um, but yeah, Michigan's makes, Michigan makes some damn good beer. They do. Um, we get a lot of it here, which is great. But I think Oddsides is one of those breweries that gets overlooked in the liquor stores here in Indiana, and I don't know if maybe their can art is kind of childlike, or it just doesn't feel like it jumps off the shelves as far as can art goes. But anytime I have one, man, I'm just I'm generally impressed with what they make. So if you're there, if you're at Total Wine, if you're at Cons, if you're at Stoney's, or wherever your favorite local liquor joint is here in Indiana. Um, highly recommend the three that I just said. Also, maybe like Vine and Table. But if you're interested in finding it, I'm sure they all have them. Try it. I don't know if you can find this one or not. Good luck. Um, I just sort of dumbly stumbled into it. But uh, hashtag thank you, uh, my climbing gym. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Instagram. We are at Barrel Chat. Just go find us there. Uh, one thing I tell everyone to follow us. One, we mostly just post stories. Uh, we try and keep the the actual post page to mostly about the the podcast episodes and and uh, I've been really terrible about putting up the tier list and stuff. But uh, that's where we post the tier list. We're gonna start jumping into some reels. Uh, we've kind of got an idea for that. Uh, you're talking to two. Uh, not middle-aged quite yet, but we're getting damn close. People <laughs> who right. don't really know how to use Instagram marketing in that capacity. Uh, so we're we're trying to learn some things. But uh, we do post a lot of stories. So like when we're out to drink and and stuff like that, and we want to share what we're, we're doing out there, uh, that's where you're going to find us. So if you follow us, you'll see that. Uh, you'll also see when the new episodes get posted. If you're not, uh, for whatever reason, following us uh, on the podcast app, uh, for that to just automatically get downloaded. If you do enjoy our show, uh, I'd ask that you leave us uh, a rating on your favorite podcast app. We like to say, if you like us, leave a f- leave us a five-star rating. If you didn't like us, leave us a four-star rating. 
one, that's going to help bring new listeners into the show either way, I think. I'm pretty sure that's how all the algorithms work. That's what they tell you. So I'm going to go with it. Uh, If you don't like the show, you know, that's fine. We're not everyone's cup of tea. We completely get that. But let someone else decide if we're their, their cup of tea. Because this could show up on like a recommendation of like, hey, you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you should listen to Barrel Chat. Uh, something like that, you know? I don't know. Just, I don't want to see two-star ratings because I, I I can't handle that right now. I have now. to come hunt you down. And <laughs> But, I so Matt did a little shout-out. I've got, I guess this is a Barrel Chat shout-out to a good buddy of ours. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, Sean Manahan, looking at you, wrote us a fantastic review on uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. And if you if you use Apple Podcasts or if you uh, want to open up Apple Podcasts and go read the most recent review from Dr. Hoppenstein, I believe is who did the review. Uh, it's a very Sean Manahan review, but uh, he gave us a five star because he's a fucking awesome person and he really likes the show. But it was uh, that's what I want to see more of that shit. I need more like humor. If you it, honestly, if you did read the review, uh, this is Kevin signing out. And I'm definitely Mike. Cheers. Cheers, y'all.